Welcome to the Week in Italian Startup, where we discuss the latest highlights happening in the Italian tech and investment ecosystem. This is the Week in Italian Startup, where uh, Nicolò and I will explore the latest news happening in the, in the Italian tech uh, um, ecosystem. And um, we uh, have like a, a good number of things happening last week. Uh, it's a very dense uh, newsletter that you sent. So again, this podcast is based on uh, Nicolò's uh, work uh, of putting together the, what has been happening uh, across different verticals. And uh, uh, you can subscribe to his, to his newsletter. Uh, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcast. All the episodes will be available there. So without further ado, let's let us start with one of the biggest deal, WeRoad raising 13.5 million in uh, in a mix of equity and debt. Yep. Hello Jack, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Hello everybody. Hello everybody. Yes, WeRoad is one of the main news from the week. It's actually a uh, Uh, debt and equity and convertible it's all a mix of everything mm-hmm. uh, deal uh, uh, which um, all together amounts to 13.5 million euros Broad is a, um, a travel startup uh, this is a signal that maybe the, the market will restart actually this is starting they started before this summer yeah um, uh, The equity part of the deal comes from a crowd investing, from a crowdfunding campaign, yep. uh, which from the article was coming from the Intesa Sao Paulo private banking exactly. uh, group. So not pure retail, yep. uh, this is a, a bit more sophisticated investors. Yeah, what is interesting is exactly that. So Back to Work is, a, is an equity crowdfunding platform, but it's backed by Intesa. So it's, it's basically Intesa trying to um, conquer the space where uh, there are small retail investors willing to invest in, uh, in high-tech companies and having uh, a crowd, uh, an equity crowdfunding platform that should do the trick. So, so, but it was a big raise still. Like the, so they, they apparently did like a vehicle, which is Finroad. It's an investment vehicle. And so the, all the raise was done through that vehicle on the platform. So it's a very interesting way to structure these kind of deals. And it's actually a quite clever way to structure a crowdfunding campaign. One of the most difficult things that happen after, after campaigns is uh, the handling of your cap table. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you raise money from many smaller shareholders, then I mean, uh, it's a bit more complicated to handle yep. your, uh, your shareholder assembly in particular. Uh, think about running after all of them if you need to, to sign or to pursue any uh, special extraordinary uh, operation. So having all of them together in a vehicle with uh, maybe a representative, uh, a single person representing the vehicle in, the, in your startup, that's a smart move if you can Absolutely. do it. Yeah, I mean, for club deal, that's definitely one way that people are trying to Uh, experiment, especially in Italy, doing like uh, per, like SPV, what is in America is called mm-hmm. an SPV. So essentially it's the same dynamic, but through a platform and not through just a general club deal that uh, uh, would do it by itself on a private basis. So that's a, that's a very interesting, interesting way to structure that. Fantastic. 
All right. That's the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, wine experience and the wine sector. So a very interesting play here. Uh, essentially, now we, the, it's Divinea. Divinea is a, a platform that has been promoting wine events across different interests in, in different industries. I think there are two interesting things here. One is the fact that a lot of uh, wineries are actually investing in the round as uh, so like like pretty known like uh, wine brands. So you can see the opening of probably the new generation sort of diversifying in the future of the wine market. And then the second aspect is that uh, they uh, went past the um, events and the promotion of the wine experience and they're also playing in the CRM space. So uh, Divina also is active in the space of uh, managing cl clients and customers for the winery. So here we have a startup which started with events and then is playing a few angles and uh, it's been trying to, to grow in different, uh, like on a parallel route, if you will. What do you think, Nico? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, from reading the article, the interesting, the, 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 the bit that was most striking to me is that uh, there is a quote from a report by Silicon Valley Bank mm -hmm. saying that in the USA, um, uh, wineries uh, sell on average 67% of their wines directly to final consumers. Yeah. In Italy, just 10%. Yeah. So that's a huge piece of market to be, uh, to be taken there, yeah. probably. And this is essentially, I would say, the, the core strategy of Divinea. So supporting uh, wine labels to uh, get direct access to final consumers or totally. customers. Yeah, this is a disruption of the of the value chain and the connection to mm. clients. Also uh, driven by all the everything that is happening in the subscription models. So you keep. I mean, seeing in the market companies starting subscription-based businesses with wine, with whiskey, with coffee, and so it's really like a piece-by-piece piece subscription, like a way of consuming this kind of like luxury goods. It's very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, I've just seen a startup doing that for mineral water. Just what? For your information. <laughs> so I can taste different mineral waters on a subscription? Well, I mean, it's... Yeah, exactly. That's, 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 awesome. more, that's what I did. Well, if you, th if you think about it, historically, our, my grandmother at least had this, uh, the uh, upper car with all the mineral waters distributing them door by door. So mm -hmm. that's just a digital uh, evolution of that model. So it, cool. it makes sense. It was yeah, it makes, it, it it's sense. big and heavy, big and heavy. So mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. probably something there, even though they are on, on a marginal revenue side that's not particularly valuable mm -hmm. uh, with respect to wine for example but still that's interesting very cool i've seen it in coffee and tea like doing subscription based like coffee businesses but you know it's uh, it's coffee seasonal like especially high-end coffee is very seasonal it makes sense but the water yeah it's about to wait and getting the water in your house and that's a problem sometimes so i can see that uh, solving a good problem. All right, so let's talk digital healthcare. Uh, so we have a, a WellMed a platform that raised 5 million from Alchemia. Also 
um, this is a, a this fairly big player in the future of accessibility when it comes to patient and uh, uh, professional uh, doctors. Um, yeah, what do you think of this uh, on this this deal? Well, this is one of the uh, let's say trajectories uh, of digital health in a sense. Mm -hmm. It's the digitalization of the hospital or the medical services and yep. wellness is bringing it all together. Yep. Uh, so it's basically this, uh, they're building this ecosystem, put it together, uh, uh, hospital, medics, doctors, uh, patients, uh, companies. Uh, I, sure. I mean, I, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not surprised that this is coming. I mean, uh, yep. they, they, the hospital is like a bank, you know. Yeah. Uh, a bank is historically this big institution where, with a lot of products and services all bundled together, mm -hmm. and they, they have been unbundled quite, mm -hmm. you know, aggressively by startups. And the hospital is similar in a sense. It's a bundle a of a lot of services and and infrastructure and technology and machinery and yeah. professionals, and this is, you know, uh, something that is a good candidate to be unbundled. It's uh, a great analogy that, for sure. I see, I see them as quite parallel in sense. So mm -hmm. this, this is happening. In yeah. Sense. Especially for also like first visits and uh, home services, where either you can have like a, a virtual uh, first uh, sort of touch-based diagnostic, or maybe someone directly coming to you for like a not an urgent like a care, like we saw with uh, with Epicura that start with. Uh, um, on like a um, home um, massage and so on and so forth. Uh, these guys are basically working on telemedicine very heavily and that can pro that has the potential to be actually the first step of the future of, 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 uh, of hospitals where the first step is really get your diagnosis first or your first check uh, digitally and then uh, probably move to, to the physical location. Again, yeah, unpacking, unpacking as you say, what has been uh, happening like in in a single unit like forever very interesting mm -hmm. and the the other interesting bit from the from the investment from the news let's say is that this is just half of the round so the company mm -hmm. is raising a 10 million rounds so there's mm -hmm. some marketing in this news and the second bit is uh, we know Alpinia from last week because they from a couple of weeks ago probably yep. Because they uh, they exited the Q Health, ah, uh, yes, yes, uh, yes, 30, yes. 40 times return on their original investment. Yeah. Uh, so again, they are liquid or they will be so liquid, and here we they are reinvesting in the digital health sector. So mm -hmm, that's something mm -hmm. like in closely. If there, is, there are startups looking for digital health, maybe Alchemia they have a good vision in that vertical. Oh, for sure. Sounds like given their strategy that is emerging, definitely, definitely sound like very cool. Um, so let's jump ahead a little bit. I want to talk about the 100, which I thought it was very, very interesting business model. And I've, I didn't hear about these guys, but it was very interesting to read. So the 100 is a media company, which is essentially allowing uh, in people to invest in entertainers or they actually invest in entertainers like uh, VC funds invest in startup. That's your claim. Now, uh, reading about this model is very interesting because uh, basically what they, they do 
is they build uh, companies where the creator, the entertainer, the Instagram personality essentially uh, put their asset in, being it a brand or like uh, some intellectual property or some rights to the, their creative work. And then the hundred sort of invest in that specific vehicle together, of course, with the uh, with the creator. So it's it was it's a curious way to look into into the future of entertainment. Mm. Yeah, that's 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 particularly cool. Actually, that's something so so far away from my uh, my family to what happens in the market. But if you think about the right, uh, I mean, there are so many entertainers Entertainers, Gen Z in particular, yep. on uh, on the modern social media, yep. that uh, grow as fast or much faster than than than, than a startup, than a tech startup, yep. uh, and they can explode in terms of revenues, followers, pipeline, customers, whatever. So Absolutely. Absolutely, it makes sense. On the surface. Yeah. So it's, it, it makes sense. I'm curious though. But what about the the monetization of this? Like, uh, how exactly? What where is the exit? So I, I would say, I, in my opinion, revenue sharing is a uh, is mm. possible way. So you, mm-hmm. there is no valuable equity here. There's uh, a money making machine that might last for a few months or a few years. Yep. And uh, uh, and it might make sense to, to to set up some kind of revenue sharing agreement. Great point. Yeah, and essentially, that's my, yeah. my idea or the way I would do. It. Yeah, people are trying to monetize on uh, on um, on their on uh, like creative work on social platform. So this is a great way to sort of pack everything into uh, one vehicle, which is we can be an investable asset for sure. Um, and again, I agree with you. There is a huge economy around the creators in general. So, uh, so this is one way of dealing with that. So to get investor to bet on creators. There are other companies supporting creator like uh, with some uh, uh, like financial credit card or financial form. I remember reading about um, a novel credit card company only for creators with special perks in terms of collaboration and deals of various kind. So th- there is an industry trying to actually cater that specific work environment. So the social media influencer in some way or another. This is sort of the, the investment side and then you have different sites in terms of services and so on and so forth. Very interesting. Yes, indeed. Nice. Awesome. Um, let's talk about something that you probably know really well, which is Sidereus. <laughs> or at least you you have a, an insight uh, knowledge of, of, the, of the round. So um, as uh, the audience know, Nicolo is part of uh, Primo Ventures. Primo Ventures hosts uh, Primo Space, which is one of the first fund in Italy investing in the space economy, and they recently uh, invested uh, in uh, a company uh, called Sidereus, where they raised about 1.5 uh, million. So that's uh, oh. that... yep. Uh, so to give you some more flavor, this is the sixth investment by mm-hmm. Primo Space. Uh, in a little, a little bit more than one year, so they are, mm-hmm. they're they're going with a good pace. Uh, co-investment we with uh, with Primo Space, uh, uh, we have uh, Casa Depositi and Recipe with their yeah. Southern Fund, 
this is a, a seed type of investment. So mm-hmm. the company is uh, in uh, uh, currently developing and researching their solution. What I can say is that we, in this case, we have one of those young, visionary and crazy founders mm. uh, that you uh, you listen to them, you, you hear what they say, what's their vision, and, and you, you go for it. You say, Jack, I don't know whether you will be able to, to make it, but I mean, uh, I have to be with you to see whether, whether you're Beautiful. So do you know any, let's talk about a little bit about the product actually that they're trying to develop because I was researching a bit and uh, the way I understand it is basically it's a unit that allows for a sort of a orbital trip without any external fuel. So it's a, it's a unit that can be launched pretty much like in a lean way anywhere and it's very, very efficient. So it's... Yeah. Uh, Basically, yeah. I'm no expert, so I'm just, you know, I, I hope I won't say anything stupid, but uh, and in case the you know, space team would correct me uh, later on. But basically, the idea is to find a way to have a single stage launcher for very small loads. Oh. Uh, right now, there are no single stage launchers. Mm-hmm. So uh, everybody is using using at least two stages. I mean, you have the first engine that lifts the the, the spacecraft, and yep. then the first engine uh, separates from the spacecraft, and uh, you have the second engine once you are uh, up there. Okay. Yeah. And in this case, the idea is just one stage. Beautiful. And this is the the the, the, uh, the difficult bit of mm-hmm. the idea, and where they're focusing the research and development. They have a prototype or this round is done for purely like R&D and to get to a prototype? What is the state? Uh, pa, 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 pa. Um, I, I think uh, they are in the pre-prototype phase, but okay. uh, I don't want to say something stupid. Again. Interesting. Interesting. So that's good. It's good because uh, Primo Space, uh, like we were talking with Raffaele a few episodes ago, uh, it's really like ranging from uh, um, sort of uh, research project which just started essentially like uh, trying to get to a, a, a working prototype up to something which has been literally launched into space already. So it's the, the scope is wide and the opportunities are, are definitely like as wide as, uh, as the scope of the fund. Very interesting. Yep. Awesome. All right. Um, so maybe let's jump to the, some some of strategic moves in the M and A slash uh, business strategy field, just to give the the, the listener like a, some uh, some flavor of it. So Seco, which is a, one of the biggest, uh, and correct me, Nicola, what I think is one of the biggest IoT uh, companies manufacturing uh, IoT technology, uh, is announcing an acquisition with uh, with I believe a German competitor huge acquisition of 180 million and uh, this is definitely in a, in a phase of growth and try to get like expertise from uh, from their german competitor very interesting yes seco is uh, was recently listed actually on the okay. uh probably the nasdaq i don't remember yeah i think it's um, the nasdaq yes mm-hmm. um and uh, it's an Italian IoT player, not just uh, hardware manufacturer, but also software and service producer and developer. Okay. Uh, and it's not a, 
big cap companies. So this acquisition is quite a, a huge one uh, because I believe it's higher than their market cap. So that's that's quite a big one. It's almost a fusion. Um, and uh, they are building st- this this huge group by uh, joining forces with the German with the German competitor. Uh, but I would say that they are moving fast and they're moving uh, very aggressively as a company. So this is not the first acquisition they make. I know for a few others before oh, listing. Wow. I see. And actually, they were invested by Fondo Italiano di Investimento. Oh, wow. Are grow, they still? Uh, are I they still in? Or? I think yes. I don't know whether they 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 exited from the investment after the IPO, but I, I believe they're still in, at least partially. Very interesting. Interesting strategy. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. All right. Um, next is uh, another pretty much pl- big play, which is Doctolib acquiring Dottore.it. So uh, Doctolib is a French is the French equivalent of Dottore.it, which is essentially like a, a platform uh, where you can get connected to uh, healthcare professionals. And uh, uh, they essentially not only acquired the uh, Torre.it, but also have a huge plan of uh, hiring uh, about 500 people to develop the market. Again, this is like a growth by the acquisition play. Uh, very, very interesting for sure. Yeah, that's not the first time they do it. Uh, if you go read the history, Dr. Lib has invested, acquired and invested heavily when opening a new country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't know. Uh, how much it paid for Dr. Mm-hmm. Uh from the article, but we know that they're planning to invest quite a bit uh, of money in this thing. Uh, 250 million is no easy feat. Uh, yeah, for sure. And they're planning to hire 500 people from, from the article. So uh, it's an interesting move. Uh, again, in, in, in a market where digital health is moving fast, as we saw before. Beautiful. So Motor K, we talk about. We've been talking about Motor K quite quite a lot. Uh, my sensation is these guys are really like moving very fast. So Motor K is a platform that helps uh, um, uh, car retailers, uh, uh, truck inventory, sell car, uh, <clears throat> do digital marketing. is is a very is a suite of tools that can help essentially um, people in the car industry sell cars more efficiently. Uh, they are planning to go public this year on uh, the Amsterdam Stock, Stock Exchange. So with a raise, a big IPO, 150 million. And uh, very interesting announcement for sure. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so this is probably a, a, a follow the manual type of sequence of events, no? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, the listing, the IPO was originally announced as a rumor in June. I was looking at my, my past, wow. uh, past issue. So in June, the company was considering the IPO. And now they came out with the goal to complete it by the end of the year. Uh, and if you, th- if you think about it, uh, they just announced a few acquisitions across mm-hmm. Europe, so it's perfect. Uh, the manual of the perfect IPO. They're preparing the ground. They're preparing the ground. They're good. They acquired stuff. Now it's time to to go public. But now, very good point. Very good point. And as you, as you, as I said, it's a it's a good IPO. 120, 150 million euros. Euros. Uh, yeah. Exactly. It's a nice good amount. I'm looking forward to 
taking a look at their and their economics and their uh, prospectus, I would say. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's probably I don't know about. Uh, do you have any feeling about the IPO market? So is this window closing? Is this window? Oof, good open? question. Will it, will it be open? So uh, yeah. my first question actually would be why the Amsterdam Stock Market Exchange then? Like why exactly that specific one? Uh, so it's an Italian company and uh, maybe they don't see the opportunities too much uh, for like liquidity on the Italian side, despite the fact though that, uh, I mean, funds have been pouring money, uh, foreigners have been pouring money also, the government has been pouring money. I think there is probably an opportunity, but or Another play would be that the people that uh, are more sensitive, maybe in the automotive industry, are more prone to maybe not invest necessarily in Italy, but they're looking for a more international market. Even, I mean, we're still talking about Amsterdam, though. It's not, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, questioning why exactly Amsterdam and not other markets. Well, I, I don't have an answer to the question, of course. Uh, remember that Amsterdam is part of the Euro next. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Amsterdam, Paris, Berlin, I, 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 Frankfurt, sorry, not Berlin. So there are a few uh, international stock exchanges uh, all together in this network. Uh, I think that Amsterdam is quite of a hot one in terms of for tech startups. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you ask me why Amsterdam and not London, I have exactly. no idea. Uh, it might be that Euronext uh, has some uh, more interesting uh, features than the than the FTSE. Uh, it's better for this type of, of, of startup. But I've got I, I've got no idea. If anybody from from the FTSE or from Euronext is listening and wants to jump in, happy to discuss. Cool. Then I was taking a look on Crunchbase whether uh, so the, the time the timeline of Motor K uh, there are no ancient investors in the company so there is mm-hmm. I, I I would perceive there is no pressure to exit but still they they raise in 2017 from 83 North mm-hmm. four five years ago yeah there might be some. So it looks it, guys, but... it looks very solid though. It looks very solid, as you say, playing by the books, not uh, like riding any hype. They're doing everything seems properly at least. So step by step, with backed by solid investor that they mm-hmm. stick with them. So very interesting, very interesting way of uh, of moving. Mm-hmm. Awesome, very cool. All right, let's uh, maybe have uh, the last comment on the European Innovation Council, which uh, uh, is investing about 363 million in 65 selected startups, basically pushing innovation and research to to, uh, a new direction. So uh, I was checking how exactly the uh, this uh, funding worked essentially they're very much focusing on, on groundbreaking innovation mostly from research from R&D or from university or from research institution and uh, this is part of a bigger package of uh, the European Union trying to push innovation very very interesting yeah exactly this is the new program that came after Horizon 2021 mm-hmm. Horizon 2020 
program. Uh, and uh, the goal is, as you said, to invest in these in those areas where uh, private investors such as VCs uh, find it harder to deploy capital because there's a lot of R&D, you are uh, far from market, it's, I don't know, the technology is very unproven, stuff like that. So they, they are trying to fill a void that they perceive from the market. Interesting. Uh, the, the, uh, the news with respect to the Horizon 2020 program, for anybody who's uh, familiar with it, is that they are also investing in equity rounds, not mm -hmm. just grants. Mm -hmm. So the uh, well, the Europe is becoming a shareholder of the company. That's interesting. <laughs> That's interesting for sure. I mean, a great opportunity, and and uh, I mean, probably better than grants for them, for sure. Uh, well, they, they they can aim for a financial return at least. Yeah. So they, if I remember well, that's not their main goal. But mm -hmm. why not? I mean, uh, probably the reasoning is, I mean, we're, we're deploying money to something that we won't get to market. Why not have some return from it? I agree. I agree. That's good. And awesome uh, as a as a final point, we have two Italian startups who yeah. raised or well who got selected from uh, uh, for the EIC. In genome and indeed, and we they are uh, in genome, SRL, and Voiceed exactly. Yeah, uh, in genome is a bioinformatics startup. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically, their uh, their product supports um, clinic, clinic uh, so clinical uh, analy anal analyst analysis to mm -hmm. identify relevant uh, variation and mutation uh, in, uh, when um, evaluating a patient, for example, for cancer, and identifying uh, exactly the, uh, the variant, the pathogen, the, pathogen, the, the, the problem that the, uh, the patient might have. Interesting. Um, I, th I think they, they, they are already on the market. I mean, they, they already looks have, like yeah. Uh, yeah. initial customers. Uh, there are two very smart guys from uh, Pavia University, I believe. Oh, wow. uh, very I met them and they are very, very good. And the second one is Voiceed. Yep. And I find that quite amusing. So a platform to synthesize virtual voice with the perfect intonation and tone of a natural voice. Mm -hmm. If I got it right. That's correct. I, did, yes, I, I, was not, I, was, I was not aware of this platform, so I didn't yep, know that. No, me either. Absolutely. But that's kind of yeah. amusing and, and focusing scary. on emotions, emotional sort of intonation. We're closer to replacing actors, closer and closer, you know, between virtual reality and emotional like voicing for human speech. It's going to be a tough time. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about deep fakes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's another probably basic application for deep fakes. But again, it's also one of those things that will revolutionize Hollywood for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, probably some parts of video communication, education, who knows? I would say, yeah, translation, like uh, translation. Uh, basically like a mutual translation, like uh, on like uh, on demand, uh, like immediate translation with a good intonation and not just uh, 
you know, a dictionary based sort of uh, recording. So maybe that's, ah, uh, that's the way. That's a, good, that's a good take. So that's, you, you can bring international communication to a new level if you are yeah. able to uh, transfer. The, the simultaneously, phone. yeah. Simultaneously, like your speech with, uh, with, new, with different languages. Very this cool. Good one, yeah. nice. Very interesting. All right, Nicolò, I think we're, our time is up. So thank you very much for joining. Thank you everyone for joining. And uh, I'll see you all next week uh, on Mondays at 6.30. So, Nico, thank you. I'll see you later. Thank you, Giacomo. Thank you, Jack. See you, everybody. See you in a week. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Thanks.